0: Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast, I'm Michael Saka.
2: I'm Joelle Steiniger.
3: And I'm Matt Goldman.
2: And we're having 20 minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue.
3: Check out our book at howtobuildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter.
2: Today on the podcast, we talked with Manuel Weiss, co-founder and CMO of CodeShip. And he shares how they apply the scientific method to everything they do, particularly in their marketing pipeline. So he shared examples of experiments they've run and how they iterate on them over time until they've optimized an assumption. And he also talks through their new framework and building blocks for deploying and maximizing the marketing materials that they create.
3: We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to Codeship.com slash Rocketship to get 20% off three months.
0: We'd also like to thank InVision app. InVision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. Go to InVision app forward slash Rocketship to get the starter plan free for 90 days.
2: Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to Customer.io slash Rocketship to start sending emails that convert.
0: Welcome to the Rocketship podcast. We're here with Manuel Weiss, the co-founder. Of CodeShip and their marketing director, Manuel. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, we had Mo on here uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, well, I guess a couple months ago now. And um, we wanted to have you back and kind of tell, tell uh, everyone about what's happening currently at CodeShip.
4: Yeah, sure. So, I'd say there are two big things coming up. Um, one would be our redesign. Um, we are working hard on making stuff even simpler than it is right now. Um, people telling us that it's really easy to use CodeChip, but we know um, that it can be way easier. Um, so working hard on that. And the second thing is we actually launched this a few weeks ago and are now rolling it out um, publicly, basically, and promoting it is our freemium model. So basically, previously, people had to pay um, to try CodeChip, and now it's completely free because we think that uh, continuous delivery is awesome, and everybody should be able to try it, and paying for it would be a barrier for people, so we wanted to take that away. Awesome, awesome. Um, And is that rolled
0: out yet, or...
4: Is yeah, the freemium the, the, the freemium is actually live, so um, everybody can just sign in and get 100 builds per month and five private projects. So we awesome. think that should enable startups and freelancers and even small teams to get started and try continuous delivery. Very cool.
2: Once you flipped that switch to um, your freemium model and removed that barrier, did you see kind of immediate results or what's really happened from that change?
4: Well yeah, the the promotion went really well, so um, it was well-planned and we had several um, promotion waves uh, around that and of course we got a a huge spike in visits and sign-ups the first few days after, after we launched it and we still have increased visits, so I'd say yeah, definitely it works. Um, and we are happy with the outcome. Awesome. So you
0: handle, um, the majority of kind of the marketing framework there at CodeShip. And, um, you guys are one of our sponsors and we got to see a little bit of how you guys evaluate, um, the places that you're, um, experimenting with marketing. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that framework that you've put together.
4: Yeah, sure. So basically, at CodeChip, we are, uh, I'd say, very numbers in, informed. So basically, with everything we do, um, also on the marketing side, of course, but also with features we build, basically anything, um, we have this rule that everything you think is only an assumption and your assumptions have to be verified by experiments. So basically you have a new idea, and you want to try something, Um, you have to think about a way how this can be quantified, and that it's measurable. And after you found a way, you just make your experiment and run it, and gather the information out of it, and see if your assumption was correct. And if the experiment failed completely, you just stop, and if the results were like, okay-ish, I guess, um, you just iterate the experiment and try to optimize it. And you do this like over several months and gather insights all the time. So in marketing, of course, um, we do it with analytics products and just having a look at the behavior of people coming to the page or how users are behaving inside the application, although that's the product funnel. Um and with the features it's just like we ask our users and customers what we can do better and we we realize where the problems are. And basically that's um, I mentioned the, the the redesign of the application. That's basically the same approach. We just see where people have problems and then run a new experiment to try to make it better and look at the outcome.
2: I love that. Uh, could you give like a specific example of something that you assumed, you tested, and maybe how you iterated on that?
4: Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, I I do it with basically anything, but a good example would be a podcast or newsletter sponsorship. For example, our sponsorship with you guys. Um, So basically what I do is, um, so marketing and the company has the idea, okay, we want to try the channel podcasts. Um, And then I do some research, which podcasts are available, and what would very likely fit to our like audience and the audience of the podcast. And then I p- approach these people. So I, I approach you guys and ask you about average listeners and all all the like interesting stuff that could help me estimate any outcome of the sponsorship. So basically um I ask the podcast hosters about average listens and how things evolved throughout the last few months. And then I personally have to estimate what will happen once the people come from the podcast to the homepage, because um, this is where my real estimations have to start. So basically um, I can go into a little bit of detail. There is like, I have a spreadsheet and I Just put the information in there of how many listens and on average, what I think, how many people will, um, hit our homepage. And then if the podcast topic is like going well with our homepage or if I should create a specific landing page that talks about more about the content that the podcast talks about. Um, because this, of course, would increase like conversion rates to signups. Um, because what you talk about on the landing page fits to what the podcast talks about. And after that, after all this information and estimations in my spreadsheet, I basically wait and am in contact with you guys all the time. And after about one month, I compare my estimations with reality. And then I have some columns that... um, I, I called them failure in estimation. Um, and basically this automatically calculates the difference between reality and my estimations. And if the threshold is too high, um, I've got conditional formatting set up for that and then it's red. And I don't like it to be red, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting.
0: So what are some of the metrics uh, that you're measuring uh, in this spreadsheet?
4: Yeah, sure. So. Um, Right now, at CodeShip, we are, we're like really happy with the conversion rates from everything that's inside the product. So basically, um, after a person has signed up, becoming active and activated and then a customer. So what marketing focuses on is getting people to the homepage and getting them to sign up. Um, so what we uh, are looking most closely at is where do come people from how many people, unique visitors, hit the homepage and how many of them sign up. This is the most important thing, but of course you want to take care that um, you really have to look at what happens after the people sign up as well, even though it's not my main responsibility I would say at the moment because it's the product funnel. but. Um, stuff that shouldn't happen is something like you—you've got your paid on, online marketing set up, and you see, wow, awesome! There's there are a lot of sign-ups, and then you realize, okay, you've got 240 sign-ups in like three days, but zero of them became activated user, users. So you know some something fishy is going on, and suddenly the support team just tells you, hey, we've got an insane amount of of support requests. So basically what you did is you did something really harmful for your team (laughs) and for your company because you got really uneducated leads inside of the product, which increases support efforts, of course. So this is not the main responsibility, but you always have to keep this in mind that stuff like this can happen.
0: So you're really focused on the quality of the lead that's coming in. Yes. Um, and sign up doesn't necessarily guarantee success, right? There's Definitely, actually, you could, that, that's you're looking 100% down the true. funnel. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really interesting. What are, um,
3: well, Matt, go ahead. Uh, so something that we struggled with in the early months, and that we don't really struggle with anymore, I'm not sure what threshold we passed that triggered this, but we would worry about doing marketing before the product was, uh, to the right point where people would actually stick with it and pay, and there was almost like an embarrassment where we didn't want people in there. We definitely didn't wanna pay or put a ton of effort into getting people in there because we didn't think it was ready. You said that your job is to just pretty much fill the top of the funnel and the product is lower down the chain. Was there a point uh, early on where they didn't want you pumping up the top of the funnel?
4: <laughs> that's that's a great question. Um, it basically was the other, uh, other way around because I personally am like, I think one of my core strengths or, or no, I know one of my core strengths is optimizing stuff. So basically it really hurts physically um, when I know there's more potential for a better conversion rate. But you had see uh, our CEO Mo on the podcast and he's like the total opposite. He says, if stuff is remotely ready, put it out there and learn from your users. Learn all the time. Of course, you don't want to give them something that's completely broken, but as soon as it's it, it can create benefit and value for your users, put it out there because they will tell you what needs to be changed. And it's exactly like this. So, um I now now approach it the same way. Um, And the good thing is um, it doesn't hurt that much because our conversion rates inside the product funnel are really good. We are very satisfied with them. Um, So that's not an issue for me there.
0: Did you guys take that conscious approach of working on the product first, getting the numbers
4: to where you wanted it to
0: be, and then expanding out into paid advertising?
4: So when we started... um, it was really funny when we started because we we just had this like beta version and we put it out there and uh, Flo, one of our co-founders and the CEO, um, just like told friends about it and in university and people started using it without us doing really that much and then we a the big issue was for us okay let's let's just people have to pay for it and it was like okay let's do nine dollars because this will verify if this really can be a commercial product and we can make money with it and then people really paid so Ever since then, so this was the moment that we knew, okay, there's gonna, this is, this can be a business, and a business needs marketing. Um, so it's really cool that in our founding, found, our founding team is super multidisciplinary, and everybody has like feels in in his heart that one thing has to be good. So basically I was the one that said, we really need to have good design and usability. And Flow, our CTO, wanted everything to be like super efficient and um, high quality software engineering and Mo was the the business guy that wanted to have everything set up correctly uh, with the business. and. We knew that we should do some marketing experiments, even though it was like we didn't have any money. But we knew we had to run some experiments to see if like, I remember we we put like, I don't know, 200 bucks into uh, uh, Google ads just to see if somebody would click and um, we do this now every now and then, just to to verify some assumptions regarding messaging. So basically, what words should uh, will people react better to? And then I just create a simple banner and see what banner, uh, which banner people click more onto.
0: Interesting. So you actually use um, Google Ads to create the messaging that you use on your site and in the places that you're paid, you're paying to
4: advertise? So um, we are using Google remarketing ads because we've got a, a very active blog. And okay. our, our remarketing audience is like big. Um, so we we use uh, remarketing um, banners exclusively because we can target the, the users better there. Nice. So what other um what other kind of experiments are
0: you guys running currently uh, that that you're <laughs> tracking?
4: So um a lot. Okay. Uh, it's <laughs> it's um podcasts, um podcasts for different languages and yeah, I'd say overall topic is podcasts for different programming languages and some other stuff that we think might work well. It's newsletters, it's uh with paid online marketing is we're having a look at other ad networks right now for example adroll or syndicate ads stuff like that um we're running facebook remarketing ads um yeah a whole bunch basically and and for every for every one of these channels we have the same approach with the spreadsheets and everything has to be measurable nice so Besides this podcast,
0: um, what has been the most uh, effective for you guys that you've seen uh, right now?
4: Nice phrasing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, well, what's, what's really cool to learn is so I, I, when analyzing the last like six to eight months, I'd say, um, I've got a spreadsheet for that as well. <laughs> um, uh, we found out that like a year ago, we answered some questions on Quora and put like, I don't know, two weeks effort into it and haven't touched it ever since. And we found out that month by month since then, it, it gives us every month... A lot of unique visitors to the homepage um, creates a lot of signups. And the cool thing is it also creates a lot of customers. So the conversion rate from signups to customers with Quora is really good for us. I'd say this was the or is the one channel that I was like super psyched about when I analyzed all the data and suddenly all the cells in the spreadsheet turned green. And I was like, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wow,
0: that's and that's. I mean, that's a free channel. Um, anyone can 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 do yes. that. It's it's your time and your knowledge that you're giving there. Exactly. Wow, and of course,
4: big... uh, of course, our blog works very well for us as well. And the retargeting sign-ups. off of the blog. Um, so that's a very good insight uh, I recently had is that retargeting ads on blog content, and from the blog a conversion to signups and customers works very well, but leading people with a remarketing banner directly to the homepage um, creates nice signups, but then inside inside the product funnel, the, the the conversion rates are not that well.
0: Okay, so you have people coming, reading the content, and but they're not necessarily converting. Exactly, exactly. Okay. But when you get them on a landing page or to the homepage, do you see those conversions are a
4: lot higher? Um, no. So what happens is that I have remarketing banners um, that are leading the people to a blog post that like I know from analyzing all the data that these are blog posts that work very well um, In regards of leading people from the blog post to the homepage. So basically these are, for example, we've, we've got a video series. We call it Deployment Academy. And in these videos, we explain how to use CodeChip and we show that literally in like five minutes, testing and deployment is set up with CodeChip. And so I've got banners linking to that blog post, to that video. And from that video, people come to our homepage. And on the homepage, they sign up, and then they become customers. And what does not work that well is if I just have people that were on the blog clicking on a banner that directly leads them to the homepage. Hmm.
2: So you mentioned earlier when we were talking that you recently did a big uh, team-building exercise. And yes. what came out of it was actually some big changes to the framework and how you approach all of this. Can you talk yes. a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, so the the... The team building was amazing. It was super valuable in regards of like team and bonding of the team, but also we we got a lot of stuff done. And definitely the biggest thing for marketing was this whole framework we now have um, to push marketing campaigns through. So basically mm, we've defined a structure um, for marketing, which has several departments, for example, like inbound marketing, paid online marketing, event marketing, customer happiness, stuff like that. And each of these departments has subcategories. So for example, you can say inbound marketing, okay, it's the blog content and on the blog videos. And for example, um, guest blog posts, or we are in third party newsletters or our, our social media stuff, stuff like this. And what we have done is we found a way that we can connect all these departments to work together to run a campaign. So what we have is we call it building blocks. And basically those building blocks are templates for campaigns. So for example, a building block would be the release of a new feature or a company milestone or a new blog post. And then you can shoot this campaign through the framework, uh, literally from left to right. um, And the building block tells you what you have to do with this campaign. So for example, with a new blog post, In the department of inbound marketing, it would be promoting it on Twitter and on Facebook, telling people via email um, about it that we know might be interested in, creating a newsletter for it, and of course, writing the article on the blog. And afterwards, we would look at Quora or SlideShare and have a look if content to this topic is available, and then we could link to the blog post there. And... Regarding paid online marketing, for example, we then could create banners that lead to the blog post and, or we could use Twitter ads and um, link to the blog post from there. So yeah, stuff like that.
2: Are you managing all this through a spreadsheet or do you have a tool that helps you?
4: No, we, we are spreadsheet aficionados, so it's, <laughs> it's all sp- shared spreadsheets that uh, like interconnected like crazy.
2: That's awesome. How many how many people do you have uh, working on the marketing side?
4: Um, so until recently, it was me and our CEO, Mo, um, helped with a lot of stuff. And we, uh, a few weeks ago, we got a new guy, Kurt. He's awesome. Um, and he's focusing mainly on customer happiness and event marketing, but he's like he was a huge help as well with defining these this framework. And now the next step we are doing is, so we've got the framework now, we've got the building blocks for campaigns. And now currently what's happening like today and next week is that we create the um, content roadmap until the end of the year, so we know which features will be built for CodeChip, we know what we have to promote, and there are some free spots where we can run experiments and experimental campaigns, and we're getting that into spreadsheet, and afterwards digging more into detail into the single campaigns, so when does what have to happen, and do we have to outreach to people and ask them for help, stuff like that? So we are basically having the high-level stuff ready now, and now we are going deeper into what has to be done to pull a campaign off.
2: Do you have someone who writes full-time, or is that divided up among the team based on topic?
4: No. So we are like super lucky to have engineers that like to write and flow, Our our CTO he's he's done it. Like all his life he wanted to to help people and educate them and teach, so it's a natural thing for him if he has a new idea he thinks would be valuable to share. He wants to write about it, and of course, he cannot write about everything. it has to be like make sense for a company as well um, but yeah, so we we don't have the exact numbers, but I definitely say that Flo's time. Is like 20% is used for marketing. And we've got Ben, our infrastructure developer, who writes very, very good articles as well, very technical stuff. Uh, and he likes to write as well. So we are super lucky there. We, we don't have any external people writing that. I mean, yeah, we, we take guest blog posts if we think that our readers would like them and they would be of value um, to them. But everything, uh, uh, everything is written by our team.
2: Oh, that's great. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This was really, really helpful. I know I learned a lot. Um, my head is kind of spinning with some experiments we can actually run on our site <laughs> for HookFeed. So um, Very good. thanks for sharing. Very
4: good. Yeah, sure. I mean, if, if anybody wants to approach me, just like, um, I'm sure my Twitter handle will be on the page. And you can ask me anytime about that stuff.
2: Yeah, where can uh, everyone keep up with you in Codeship Online and the Codeship blog?
4: Yeah, um, of course, uh, the homepage is like CodeChip.io. And on Twitter, we are at CodeChip. And my personal handle, I feel, is, is too hard to pronounce, so I won't. <laughs> and then we've got blog.cochip.io where we've got our blog, which uh, today I realized, which is really awesome. We've got 120 articles published now, so really wow. proud of that. That's great thank you.
2: All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on. We'll talk to you soon.
4: Sure thing. Thanks. Bye.
3: Thanks for listening to another episode of the rocket ship podcast. If you haven't yet pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up.
2: And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them.